Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy. And today on our show, we've got an amazing guest as always. He is a mindset and performance coach who helps players and teams all over the world overcome challenges, have major breakthroughs, and achieve higher levels. He is a best-selling author with the book on how you become a pro rugby player, a speaker, number one rated podcast host with the off-field rugby pod, and a former Irish age grade international player. Welcome to the show, Brian Molet. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well, thanks, David. And cheers for having me on. Yeah, looking forward to having a chat. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of walk us through how you got involved in this amazing sport called rugby. And for the the people that maybe don't know too much about rugby, kind of what aspects of the sport really drew you to it? Yeah, so as people probably are able to pick up on my accent, I'm Irish. So growing up in Ireland, rugby was big, maybe the third or fourth sport in Ireland. And I grew up like two miles from the local rugby club. So I played a lot of Gaelic football, basketball, soccer or football as well, and and rugby. But um, I just started when I was six or seven years of age, like a lot of other kids around. And I just loved the sport. I loved the camaraderie and the social side of it from that young age of like right. seven, eight, nine, hanging out with my buddies on a Saturday and going off traveling to different trips and then as I got a little bit older in my teenage years, I loved the physicality of it. So combined with the skill, you know, so I mentioned those other sports. I really enjoyed basketball, pretty skillful game. And then rugby, I found kind of combined a lot of those um, different aspects. And yeah, the physicality with the skill, with the pace and just kind of multifaceted game so I just fell in love with it then and yeah it was probably well I had dreams when I was a young kid like age eight or nine I started kind of dreaming right. of playing for Ireland and like a lot of kids you know when you're that age be it hockey or whatever you you have a dream but um yeah and then just kept pushing after it and it's taken me to take me on a, an interesting journey um I've been in the states for a couple of years I went on a scholarship as a player coach when I was 23 to do an MBA and go to one of kind of the top rugby universities there and then four and a half years ago I moved up to Vancouver um so yeah sports give me a lot of opportunities as well it is really one of those sports that can take you around the world though and often does uh you mentioned the camaraderie, though, and uh, then the skill and then the physicality. What is it about rugby, though, that really does bring out that camaraderie that is far ahead of so many other sports out there that uh, you, you really can't compare it to, to, to another sport and you're really not aware of it unless you actually do play rugby, just how deep that culture and camaraderie between players is uh, can you speak a little towards that yeah it's something that from a very young age you're you're made aware of or, or I was and it's something that's kind of part and parcel of the sport like respect is a huge thing after every game both the teams clap each other off the field you shake everyone's hand after the game and 
I think there's something like that's with the opposition. And then as you grow older, you have a beer with them after the game. And that's just, it's just the way it is. It's just a tradition. It's just the way it is. And it's interesting when I went to the States, I walked onto the college football team and I got involved in football, college football for a little bit. And it's just very different. That's far more like individualistic and far more, you hate the other team or, you know, this right. uh, that the way it is. And, and rugby, it's like, yeah, it's a battle and you, you fight like, you know, through within the laws of the game and, you know, it's physical during the game, but um, yeah, there's that mutual respect. And I don't know, it, it's a game for everybody. Like everyone always says, you know, different shapes and sizes and backgrounds and um, yeah. So it's that camaraderie is just, um, it's just always been a part of the sport from what I understand, you know, throughout the years and, it thankfully still is part of it um, going right. forward. And rugby has become professional. And they say at the top level that they're trying to make sure they maintain that and that it doesn't become, we'll say, too professional, quote unquote, and lose that. But um, yeah, it's a really important part of the game. And I think it's why, you know, people get drawn to the game for different reasons, but that community and camaraderie and environment is definitely I think why a lot of people stay so like since I've I've moved to North America I coach a lot of we'll say crossover athletes or people who join the game later in life and that's often what they'll say is you know how it's like a family and and just how much fun it is away from the field as well as on the field and the kind of tight bonds that you you knit with your teammates yeah, let's let's dive into this amateur versus professional because uh, for for those that don't know, rugby didn't turn professional until uh, about 1995, and then of course some countries are still more on the amateur side. They're they're not paid professionals; they, they have to work other jobs and fundraise it. So there's kind of been this uh, big change in skill level within the sport. But along with that, there's a huge change in mentality and from being this social sport where you go out on the on the piss and drink with the other team to to actually being turned on that this is your job and you've got to stick with it. Uh, what have you noticed with, with the difference in, in those two mentalities and uh, what's the place within the sport for both of those? Yeah, it's interesting. So for my from my lifetime, it's kind of always been professional in a sense in that I was born in 92. And as you say, it was made professional in 95. So for as long as I've, you know, been playing, you can have dreamt of being a professional rugby player. And yes, yeah, definitely the mindset has shifted. I talk to people on my podcast, the off field rugby pod about about their journeys and some of the older players will say how when they were growing up was amateur and you you didn't really it there was no option of having it as your job so you were very much amateur in your mindset and now when I work with I work with young players one-on-one and teams on the mindset side of the game and yeah young players and teams are very much more so professional in their approach to performance and getting things right be it in the gym, working on mental skills. And yeah, the amateur side or the amateur ethos 
for sure everyone still has fun after the game or you know you enjoy each other's company like we mentioned the camaraderie and and those different aspects are really important but it's cool because the game has gone professional that young players can now dream big and aim to become professional rugby players and get paid to do it and it's very very viable you know like in my new book that I wrote the book on how you become a pro rugby player I talk about that in section three in how you get paid to play rugby and there are so many opportunities around the world you mentioned that some countries are very professional for sure and other countries are more amateur yeah but even in quote-unquote more amateur countries will say there's still actual opportunities for players to get paid to play for players to get different packages like I've played with a guy who was a full-time professional in Germany he got his accommodation paid for he got money every month and the use of a car and then I'm coaching a guy now who spent five years in Brazil a South African guy who went to Brazil and you know they brought him over and gave him a deal you know he's probably not becoming a, mil- a millionaire or anything in brazil but <laughs> but he's he's playing rugby professionally and traveling the world and are you ready to take your brain health to a brand new higher level than ever before then please check out the hardybrain.ca and inquire about our virtual brain health intensive programs But he's, he's playing rugby professionally and traveling the world. And there are so many opportunities now. So it's really cool that rugby is growing all the time and becoming more of a professional sport so that young players can, and I've done it myself, I've traveled through rugby. Like the reason I lived in the States or Vancouver was because of rugby and that it was made easier for me to travel. Like I went to the States on a rugby scholarship and, you know, there's different players I work with now that, they want to do that. They want to go to the States. Even my little brother has just kind of followed in my path in a sense. And he went, he's gone to the States and he's just been drafted into Major League Rugby for next year. Major nice. League Rugby wasn't a thing three years ago or four, no. three, four, four years ago, maybe. So these opportunities just always popping up more and more and more. And so, yeah, there's definitely the amateur side of the game, which we all love in that we we talk about culture a lot as well. And it's very important to make sure that the team environment, the team culture is, is really good and positive and you enjoy being there and uh, you, you connect your teammates and then you have respect for the opposition and all these other things that have come through the amateur era. But yeah, I'm a big fan of rugby being professional. And yeah, I love working with young players because they now can dream big and pursue this thing as opposed to it just being something that you do on the weekends. Right. Yeah. So how do these young kids um, develop themselves and become a pro rugby player? Uh, just, yeah. just like your, your book states there, how, how do they become it? Yeah. So something that I found interesting with my own journey. So as I said, when I was, we'll say eight or nine years of age, I remember one day, in February being in the front room sitting room with my dad and we had one of those big old TVs in the corner and dad turned on a rugby game and it was Ireland playing someone else and I asked him I was like what's this game and dad said oh it's uh, Ireland France in the Six Nations 
I was like, what's the Six Nations? And he said, oh, it's a rugby tournament that Ireland play in. And I was right. like, cool. And then I was like, are there any other Irish teams? Like, are there other teams in the, the men's team? And he said, yeah, there's underage teams. There's the under 20s and the under 18s. And I said, okay, cool. Is under 18s the youngest age? And he said, yeah, it's the youngest age. So I then remember just getting up, walking out of the garage, getting my boots, putting them on, getting the ball and going out to the backfield, running around playing as if I was on that field on the TV. And I started then dreaming of playing for Ireland and wearing a green jersey. And the Ireland under-18s team, even though I was eight or nine years of age, was just planted in my mind. And I said, that's what I want to do. Nice. And, you know, I think it's so important for young players to have a dream and to dream big. You know, go after those things. And that's where it starts. Like, if you want to be a professional rugby player, yeah, you have those dreams. Don't let other people talk you out of them. Don't, don't play small dream big and go all in and yeah there's setbacks along the way like I remember when I was young that a problem I found is that I was always told work hard and you'll get success so work hard in the gym work hard on the training field and the rewards will come that's what yeah. I was told so of course yeah but yeah, it's so, not quite that simple is it exactly so I, I did work hard like when I was a teenager you know I'd get the bag of balls, put two, three balls in my backpack, in my gear bag, one or two on the handlebars of the bike and cycle down to the local rugby club. And I would train for hours myself, you know, in the wind and rain, the West of Ireland. And I would go to the gym when I was 14. I think I started going. I think you might have had to been 16, but I just snuck in and I was big for my age. So I just went in, hadn't a clue what I was doing, but I would just, you know, work hard in the gym and then I'd get gym programs when I say 15, 16, and I would just put in the work and try and outwork everyone. And I would find that, you know, sometimes you have low confidence or you have a bad game and you kind of might doubt yourself or you wouldn't always feel unstoppable. And whenever I had kind of self-doubt or these different things would creep in, I would always just try and outwork it. I... We, right. I'd be in a team that we'd lose by 50 and I'd think, oh, maybe this isn't going to work out. I just get to the gym, work hard and try and outwork these doubts that might creep into my mind from time to time. But then I was going up through the rep teams. I was playing with the Connacht under 15, 16s, and then I moved across the Leinster setup to play Leinster under 18. And I got into the Irish under 18 camp and remember I had dreamt about this for like 10 years essentially and I got into the Irish camp camp one went brilliantly I was loving it really excited camp two went really well I was I was pumped I was I was getting close to achieving this dream that I had just been so excited and enthusiastic about for literally a decade oh obsessed with it pretty much yeah and then camp yeah. three I remember they said, this is the last camp. And after this, we're selecting 23 players to play against Italy. So okay. I was literally right on the cusp of achieving the dream that I set out to do 10 years ago. And I just worked so hard to achieve. And 
we had a team meeting, the forwards, and we went into this like small team meeting room and you could feel the kind of nervous energy because we were all young kids. We're 17. Looking back, we're so young and we all wanted to play with Ireland, but we knew that some of us were getting dropped because it was the last cut. So there was a little bit of nervousness. And then I remember the coach going over into the corner of the room and there was one of those paper flip charts. And the coach said, right, I'm going to go through the lineouts now. And we've 10 minutes to learn them before we go out onto the training field. And you need to learn all of these lineouts, every move, every, every play. And this is what separates international players from when you're playing with your club in your province. Okay. So, so listen in here and watch. And he started scribbling out all these lineouts and scribbling and scribbling. And he kept going. But just and overloading you with information and, exactly. and seeing who can handle it. Exactly. And I started to feel this like weight on my shoulders and this like pressure in my chest. And I started to feel nervous. And then that self-doubt, a little voice starts, I started thinking, oh, I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be here. Oh no, I'm going to get found out. And I just started spiraling. I, I could feel even like a cold sweat. And I was just like, oh my God, I shouldn't be here. I don't know if I can do this. And he just kept going and going. And I, he then started talking. I couldn't even take in any information. I couldn't hear him. I was just like, oh no. And I just went into a spiral. Right. I lost all energy and then we had to go out onto the field and go and go through these lineouts and train and I just had no energy. I was telling myself I shouldn't you shouldn't be here, Brian. You've been found out. There's no way you're gonna make it. Who are you to think you could make it? Like, you know, you were you've been found out. You're not at this level. You can't learn these lineouts. And I was actually good at lineouts. That was one of my strong points, <laughs> but I just got in my head, completely right. got in my head. And I wanted the ground to swallow me. I was like, Oh no, I, I can't do this. And just kept telling myself, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I shouldn't be here. Anyway, I got dropped. And it was at that point I realized it was like, I've worked so hard for 10 years, but you know, I was told, work hard in the gym, work hard in the field and you get the results. But I'd never heard about how, to, how you become more confident or how you develop more self-belief or I'd never heard of mental skills. I'd never heard of that side of the game and how to prepare mentally. And this is at what age? This is at 17, 17, U18. Okay. So, so yeah, you're kind of at that age too, where self-doubt happens constantly. Yeah. And as such a young player. So what strategies have you come up with or did you come up after that incident to, to get better? Yeah. So a big one, exactly. As you say, it's, um, that's, it's at that age where self players do doubt themselves. And if you, especially if you haven't got tools or strategies on how to deal with that, then you're going to be at the mercy of it. And, you know, you're going to run into problems. But what happened for me, and this is how I first started to understand the power of the mind and how much, uh, how big the mental game is, is that I was down the dumps for like two months. You know, I was literally, I was saying to myself, like, I'm crap. I'm no good. I've been found out. I'm useless. Uh, This is all, you know, I was thinking of quitting nearly. 
I literally thought I was found out just down the dumps. And then a coach, I think I was lucky, but a coach rang me up, a coach who I really respected from the Connacht setup. I had gone to Leinster and rang me up and said, hey, I think you're a really good player. Would you be interested in coming down and training with us in Connacht? And I was like, wow, he thinks I'm a good player. And he, wa- he wants me to get involved in the Connacht team setup, which is a professional setup back in Ireland. Okay, and so at this time it's it's professional now. You're you're getting yeah, at. you're you're on that path, yeah. And um, then I started thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm not going to give up on this dream of playing with Ireland, even though I've failed. In my mind, I failed, and maybe I'll go back after it. But I realized, like, okay, I'm going to go back after it. But what I need to do is become a confident player because yeah, I'd done the gym work. I was strong. I was fit. I was. I've been playing well, but that's not what let me down. It was it was my mind. Like I just I capitulated mentally, I, and I knew that. So I had right. to become a confident player. And once again, remember, I'd never heard of mental skills. I'd never heard of anything. I'd never had support with it. I'd never talked to anyone about it. But I just knew myself that the twenty three guys that were picked. When I looked at them, the thing that they had that I didn't was. They were confident. They walked around with their chest out, shoulders back, chin up, looked people in the eye. They projected their voices. They just, that's what how they were. Whereas I remember I i just kind of was, I was shy. I'm shy in, in nature. And uh, I just remember that that was a difference. So I had to become one of them. And I had, so I started right. acting like one of them. I started acting like a confident player. And that was the first thing that I learned is that, if you act like you're confident for long enough, you'll become one. You become a confident player. Start Just to act, develop act those as if hands. you are. Yeah. yeah. And so I literally started to walk and talk and carry myself like those players, like my peers I had seen who had gone on and played with Ireland that season. I started to carry myself like those. And I became, I became it. I became one of those players. I became super confident in myself. And it's funny that only years later, I learned that, you know, studies have been done. I think it's Amy Cuddy is her name, a researcher in Harvard and has done a really good TED talk on it in that your posture, your posture feeds through into your confidence and self-belief. And there's a direct correlation there, just how you carry yourself. Big time. Now, as you look back, though, on some of the training, though, didn't the training and the weightlifting and everything else also start to develop and change that that confidence you had though because you become upright you 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 feel stronger and it really does as kids mature really help with the confidence um did you feel that as well and then you needed a little more of a boost or how did it kind of play out then a hundred percent no absolutely and it's i think it's massive for young people in general like athletes for sure but young people in general um to lift weights or to be just physical and uh, to be yeah growing physically as well and you do for sure become more confident and Absolutely. I did, you know, going to the gym and I loved it and definitely did feel more confident on the field, feel more confident in myself. But 
I just wish that I had learned about the mental side and how to prepare. I I was just lucky, you know, like I went to the gym because I was told, go to the gym, you'll get, you know, I knew you get stronger and you'll be better at rugby. So that's why I did it. A byproduct of it was that, yeah, for sure, you do start to feel more confident in yourself. But that didn't stop me from capitulating when I was so close to achieving my my dream. And right. that's something that's, you know, it's so important for young players, but they don't get the help. And that's why I started off-field rugby. My Instagram, like helping players with the mental side of the game, because when I talk with players, the some of the most common things are is like, I was doing a talk for a team actually a couple of days ago on Tuesday and a player came up to me after and he said, thank you so much for that. You know, I, I learned so much. I was listening to it. I was visualizing. And I had a Canada camp, a Canada U18 camp last week. And I knocked on a ball earlier in the game and I just can't get it out of my mind. It just, it killed like the whole game. I was just thinking about it. I, I, I thought the coaches were looking at me. I just, I knew I was done and I just, even still now, I just can't get it out of my head. And, you know, players like that's, that's so common. That is so common and very common. Absolutely. But it's such an easy thing to work through and players at the top level for all professional sports nearly at this stage understand it and they have mental skills coaches. But and rugby teams definitely do in other sports as well, but young players don't have access to that. So if you're a young player and and you're in a pathway system where you're ambitious, it's it's pretty common that you'll get a little bit of help with the gym. You know, you might get a an S&C coach for once a week or something, or your team might do a couple of sessions and give you a program and say, go off and do this yourself three times a week. And yes, you go yeah. off and do it. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. great. And it's necessary. But how many 17, 18, 19-year-old rugby players are in environments that... That have that support. That have mental skills support. Yeah. Like, very 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 few some of the pro teams if you're like in a professional academy you will get that mental support but if you're not in select academies you're not getting it and that's what it takes like you hear it all the time what does it take all oh, the top two inches you need to be mentally tough you need to be mentally strong you do you yeah, know absolutely. but but are do young players get this help no and so that's why you know, I started off-field rugby. I, I started the off-field rugby pod where I, can, where I chat with players and coaches at the top end about their journey and what worked for them so that young players can learn from them. And then I was working with a player one-on-one about 10 months ago, and you'll see I have books behind me now. But he said to me, he's like, Brian, what would be a good book for me to read for to help me with my mental strength and become stronger mentally? And I kind of thought, hmm, you know, there's lots of good books I have, but... um. I couldn't really think of one that I was like, I'm not sure. And I thought there isn't really anything for rugby. Like there is, especially for young rugby players. And, you know, there's not, I don't know. Let me get back to you. I thought I said, I just thought there's really nothing out there. And I said, you know, this is what young players need. And I had already been writing notes. So, you know, I'd write down pre-match nerves at the top and write down all the different things that help with that, all the different strategies and mindset tools that you can use to help with nerves and so so give us a little teaser then what are maybe one or two of these things then that will help 
yeah, helpless so, nerves and that pressure situation. Yeah, exactly. So with them, so I wrote the book on how to become a pro rugby player to give a roadmap on how to deal a guide on how to deal with all of these things. And it's the way to think about it is you get a gym program to become stronger mentally or sorry, stronger physically. And this book is like a gym program, but to help you become stronger mentally. And so pre-match nerves, one, a couple of things. So it's important to firstly understand that everyone gets nervous and you get nervous because you care and nerves don't go. Like I talk with players that are at the very, very top level and they'll, they say they get nervous before games. So it's normal. You don't want to not be nervous. You actually want to be nervous because what nerves are, that feeling in your stomach, nerves are the release of adrenaline. And you get the release of adrenaline when you, before games because rugby is a battle at the end of the day and you care about it and you want to perform well. So you feel those nerves. But the beautiful thing is that adrenaline, the side effects of adrenaline is are Adrenaline gives you more energy. Yes. Adrenaline dulls your pain receptors, so you don't feel pain as much. That's why when you're out in a rugby field, you can take hits, give hits, and you don't really feel it. Whereas if you're lying on your couch at home on a Friday evening and someone goes up and tackles you, you're gonna be you're gonna be in so much pain. But the adrenaline Absolutely. stops that. Kind of that classic example of a rugby player walking next day with a bruise with Charlie Horson. No idea when they got that. Exactly. But you feel it all the next day. The next day you feel like you've been in a car crash, but during the game, you don't feel anything because you're full of adrenaline. So adrenaline gives you more energy. It stops you feeling pain and it increases your focus. So you, you can really focus well. So you want but adrenaline. But way through that process, though, the, or in, during a game, the adrenaline is going to wear off. So is this another kind of tactic that you have to yeah, no, there's so, the pregame jitters and they have so, to realize that this will happen. But later on, kind of that when the adrenaline wears off a little bit, uh, do you go into strategies for that as so, well then? Yeah, so before the game, the pregame jitters, the butterflies in the stomach is another way people say it. that's adrenaline being released. You want that. So by the first thing is, is, is conception in your mind, switching your thoughts on that. So when you feel those that feeling you don't think oh no this is bad oh i don't want to feel this and try fight that feeling you embrace it you breathe deeply you smile and you go oh there it is the the adrenaline good i'm excited and you think about all the reasons you love to play and you think about how excited you are to go out and play and you feel that feeling you relax you sit down you feel it you don't try and fight it and it's mental skills are not flicking a switch they're like physical skills you practice them over time this is something that you hear it now and you you then all of a sudden forevermore will just be able to harness nerves and adrenaline 100 it takes time but but you will get there and another thing i like to tell people is that um the gladiators back in the day in the coliseum this is really interesting i found out is that most of them were volunteers. They wanted to be in there because they wanted to test themselves. They wanted to see what they were made of as men. And the misconception is that they were all slaves and they were forced to do it. A lot most right. of them actually wanted to be there. So as a rugby player, you too 
have that gladiator mindset and that you want to go out there. You're choosing to go out onto that field. And so embrace that. Just know that you're made of more and that so when those nerves come, breathe them, feel them and walk into it because you're going out into that arena. And remember, that's what you love to do. And so remember how there much is you love that it. warrior mentality. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It draws and, people to it. Yeah. And so remember that and embrace that and feel those nerves and feel it. And they are working for you, not against you. And the adrenaline will last throughout a game. They last throughout the game. So that's why, you know, you can play 80 minutes at high intensity and you don't feel anything, but then everyone later on that night or tomorrow morning you feel so sore you feel everything you feel spent you've no energy because you've you've put left it all out in the field as the saying goes as well so when the adrenaline wears off that's all good you know you recover so when you say do you have strategies for when it wears off you know during a game you'll be pumped you know you'll be you'll be feeling that and you play your game and then after the game winding down Recovery. Well, part of that too, like I, I absolutely do agree. Um, rugby is just so full of action that you always have to be reading and reacting. Mm. That it's not this sport where you can sit around and draw notes about the next play you're going to do. That you're constantly reacting and that's just going to keep the whole kind of intensity going in the sport. Um, yeah, like just one example here and and then i'll throw it back to you is that uh a stat that just blew my mind was ireland versus new zealand last year in that that autumn international match there was 339 tackles made and if you do the math on that that's a tackle every 15 seconds for 80 minutes of running time. And that's not including all the missed tackles, rucks, scrums, lineouts, mauls, and everything else that happens in the game. That is just tackles made every 15 seconds at that elite level. It, it is just unheard of in any other contact sport to be hitting that repetitively. And yeah, you, you, you need to be at that level of alertness and more so though, uh, to get to that pro level where you can make all these tackles, uh, what are the strategies that these kids can start to develop so that they're able to, to handle, handle the actual action that is just out of this world. Yeah, um, 100%. At the top level, it's incredible, the the physicality and the tempo of it, of the game. And I'm just pulling up the book here, but something, first of all, to help you get to that level, I, I talk about a chapter five called Lifestyle, is, is building habits and routines. So something that I find really mm. powerful as well is planning your week. So like on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, Think about all the things you need to do for the week going forward, be it say hold, hold on, you're trying to teach teenagers how to plan? Exactly. That's that's a challenge. <laughs> this is great stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's interesting, yeah, because how do you get there? Well, you know yourself. It's all about um the work you put in over the years and compound interest and the cumulative and 
it's about doing the things day in day out being a professional day in day out and so something that's really important is plan your day plan your week and uh, like i said chapter five about lifestyle and setting it out so if you need to four gym sessions and two team sessions and maybe two conditioning sessions is first things first like where would i start i'd start there planning your week and setting it out and putting it down there and then executing on your week you know i was talking with a player recently and bringing them back to the process versus the outcome was we talked about having perfect weeks now you know perfect doesn't exist Uh, you know but but it's that's what we're striving for he he was very focused on on a goal that he wanted to achieve at the end of this season in may 2023 but i had to bring him back and players then want to see success you know athletes it's like you want to see outcomes you know you want to win games you want to see outcomes and, and we're very focused on outcomes so the outcome that i put in front of him and the challenge that i put in front of him was having these quote-unquote perfect weeks so i said you know let's plan your week on a sunday let's set it all out and see can you execute see can you can you get up at six in the morning get your gym session in before you go to school before you go to university for the day can you do 20 minutes of stretching in the evening so that's where it starts um it starts with that putting in the work day in day out week in week out it's it's the kind of less glamorous stuff but when you say like how does someone get to that level up there it's it's focusing on the process as the saying goes trust the process (laughs) and getting your process right you know you can't go from zero to there it's about just putting in the work just doing the work and so that's something that's really really important for young players and you don't have to get overawed that that's another great thing is that it can be very overawing is that the word but when you look at a professional on tv and you're a 16 year old kid you might think how there's no way i can ever become that because it's so far away from you it is like they seem like like just different species but all of them were once you they were all 16 year old kids that just did the right things so just yeah bringing it all the way back to planning your week and then every evening is something that i love to i do myself and love to tell people is just plan your next day you know just set it out what you have to do the next day plan it just execute it and absolutely now with this plan um everybody kind of goes into okay structured okay exercise gym sessions all of this but are you also going into rest recovery and injury prevention as well with this absolutely it's plan plan your week 100 percent, and um plan free time plan your stretching Ah. plan your plan your jacuzzi your sauna you know like on a maybe on a like i said there maybe monday more you have to do four gym sessions we'll say maybe you're a morning person or time you do your four gym sessions monday tuesday wednesday thursday maybe monday evening you put down sauna jacuzzi stretch so maybe you go down to the sports center or or whatever swimming pool and you do a stretch for 15 20 minutes and you go into the jacuzzi and you go into the sauna and you do that then Mm -hmm. maybe you put into your plan 15 minutes before or every evening stretching you could put into your plan free time like i'm very introverted so i love having an evening to myself like maybe wednesday evening it's read a book watch netflix or go for a walk evening to myself cook my dinner just block out the world i'll put that into my plan 
Wednesday evening, I'm doing nothing. I'm not meeting people. I'm not doing anything. That's my evening. You know, maybe you're yeah. extroverted and you want to meet people a lot. So maybe Wednesday evening for you is, hey, I'm going to meet my buddies and go to the cinema. And put that into your plan. Plan it out. And put all these different things into your plan. And just at the start of the week, you can write down everything you need to get done. Mm-hmm. Your, like I said, your gym sessions, your college assignments, your the different things that might come up. Maybe it's hanging out with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, you need to see them once or twice a week, whatever it is, or your friends. You, you haven't seen them in a while. You need to see them this week. Put down the plan. Put, you know, Thursday evening, right, we're going to go to the cinema, go for a walk, go to the beach. Put that in your plan. So then you do it. And what's great with that is, is it puts your mind at ease. Like there's a part of us that just wants to be told what to do in a sense and not be worrying. So if you're right. going throughout a week or throughout, let's say life even or whatever, throughout a week without having a plan in place, you can get to Thursday then and go, oh, have I got the stuff done? I don't know, am I doing the work? And that's a real stress that people have is like, they don't know if they're doing the work. They don't know if they're doing enough. Whereas when you set this plan out, you know that you're doing enough. You can see it in front of you. you go, that is enough. If I can execute that, that's good. Yes. And it also puts your mind at ease. You, you don't worry. You just execute. You don't, mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan, you're kind of going around worrying like, will it be enough? Or what do I need to do now? Or what should I be doing now? And you're kind of always in a flux. You're like, oh, where should I be? What should I be doing? Will I get it done? Or, mm-hmm. you know, so that's why so, it really so puts these, the mind at ease. Yeah, with these kids and players you're working with, um, are you finding though after a while it becomes routine, monotonous, doldrum? Um, and then where do you take them from there? I find with the, the young players I work with is that they become kind of like adults in that it's good for them in that way in that you know they start to put structure on themselves and i suppose it's the same as you or i or you know as adults who then you know you do things throughout the week and i think it's something maybe that comes a little bit with age probably not but anyway well (laughs) something that for some others it might be but anyway for me it came with age and starting to plan more and have more structure around in my life and what i was doing but what you do is make sure it's fun. You always have right. to love what you're doing. And that's something as well yes. that is so important for these players. Like you got to love it. Like when, when we plan out our week of going to the gym, going to training, stretching, like the stretching can be monotonous or the, that kind of stuff. That's like, it's easier to lie on the couch and watch Netflix than it is to stretch oh, yeah. for 20 minutes. Don't get me wrong, but you know that you have a goal and you know that these things are moving you towards your goal. And you know that even within the the kind of micro, when you break it down, you know that doing these things, ticking these boxes will allow you and help you play well on a Saturday. And so you get excited about the process. You get excited about going to the gym. To other people waking up at six in the morning and going to the gym, they would think like, that's, I couldn't, I would hate that. You right, don't have the yeah. same goals as me. No, not at all. But, you know, when you have a big goal, when you want to, like my example of, I want to play with Ireland under 18s, I would get, I would go to the gym, I would train, I would do everything. And I love Now it. you reached that goal, correct? I failed. I didn't make the Irish under 18s, no. but I turned around and I made the 19s the next year. 
Nice. How did that occur? And then what did it set you up for later with, with what you're doing now? Yeah. So as I said, uh, that day in that camp, when I kind of lost confidence, self-doubt just took over and I just kind of, I beat myself essentially. Um, right. I lost all confidence for about two months, but anyway, I, I just, a coach called me up, told me I was, he thought I was good and it just, it kind of lit the fire a bit again. And so I just got hungry again for the next year for the Irish under 19s. I made that team and how it set me up for what I'm doing now. Essentially, it was the first time I understood the importance of the mental side of the game. So now I'm on a mission to help young rugby players with the mental side of the game. And that was, it was quite a kind of poignant moment for me. But in my own life from there, it, it allowed me, then I was involved with the Irish under 20s. I didn't go to the Rugby World Cup. I was an injury reserve. That was a another little setback. But then I went and played for the Connacht Eagles, which is the the pro team, second team, reserve team. I was playing 1A, Division 1A club rugby. I got a scholarship to go to the States then to do an MBA as a player coach, moved to Vancouver. And uh, it has, I suppose that commitment like did it just it allowed other doors to open and you know one door opens and then you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and right and it just as, becomes this beautiful journey in the process yeah exactly yeah. exactly and that uh, i suppose you know that setback when i was 18 and my whole journey through those kind of underage representative sides and the kind of semi-pro pro different environments allowed me to see firsthand I, I experienced it first time myself so mm -hmm. you know I know what these players are going through I've been there like I've literally done it all uh, with with that regard so like I, I know what it's like personally I know what it feels like I've had this I've done some things really well I've done some things poorly I've I've learned I've I've seen it and done it so those experiences help me understand exactly what players are going through and also understand yes. what it takes mm -hmm. and so yeah that's i wouldn't be doing what i'm doing now if i hadn't been on that path myself i, I i'm sure like i'm very i'm very interested in psychology philosophy and that side of things but i wouldn't be helping young players with the mental side of the game if it weren't for those experiences that i had myself so um absolutely yeah it's i suppose it's 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 been the reason that i'm on this path now and let's let's dive into reason because yeah you mentioned mba so yeah you've gone through this business program and so much of the skills that you're getting young players to develop um are probably taught in these mba programs or should be uh, so just kind of how are the two related, the sports world here with the mindset and then the business world and what you're doing with your work in entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, a few things to unpack there. But the first thing is that I have found and learned that high performers in mm -hmm. whatever sphere they're in, there are so many common uh common th threads and common practices so somebody a, an elite sports person will probably live similarly or have similar practices work ethic determination a reason why as a elite b 
business person or as an elite would we'll say musician um or artist or you know right. they're like high performance there's so many common themes so for sure a lot you know and i yeah what i learned in studying business people or studying you know high performers is, is transferable so yeah that has helped another thing i find though in the classroom uh, doing the mba funny one a story i am um, <laughs> while i was do while i was in america doing mba i was coaching rugby and that's why i went there i went there to play rugby coach rugby it was all about the rugby and yeah and then school was secondary yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but i also it was funny uh the president of the rugby club had a start had just started a pizza stand on the local main street uh when the okay. bars were open and friday saturday night and i then started working with him in that mm-hmm. and then i took it over I started running it, started running the pizza stand. I'd get two or three other rugby players in. I'd pay them 50 bucks a night. We'd cook pizzas in the back in the bar. We'd bring them out front, put them into the stand, sell them $3 a slice, full pizza for 20 bucks. And to be honest, I learned nearly as much about entrepreneurship in that pizza stand and coaching those rugby teams, being around... At 23 years of age, coaching a men's rugby team, having to organize myself, my schedule, um, getting paid for different things, talking with players. You know, the the players I coached did all sorts of jobs from mechanic to stockbroker to teacher to you name it. And talking to those players about what they did and they were great in helping me. But yeah, during those two years in St. Louis, I was for sure two evenings a week in the classroom and I did learn plenty don't get me wrong but I remember Thursday Friday Saturday nights running the pizza stand for four or five hours each night Mm -hmm. organizing staff organizing um the ingredients and the stock and managing the money and all that stuff um yeah I learned quite a lot there Uh, so I think you know though that experience has certainly helped me and actually talking with the people is most important so where i come from from ireland i feel that there isn't a very entrepreneurial mindset to be honest um i don't know if you've heard of the tall poppy syndrome but people there's kind of a mindset that people put others down who try and do something different or try and put their head above the rest so the tall Mm -hmm. poppy syndrome the way they say it is if a poppy grows too tall people just cut it down and but when i went to america I found that, you know, in Ireland, people tell you why you can't do it and why it won't work out. And I was one of those. I am I'm, I can say from first-hand experience, that was me. That was my mindset. I'll always tell you why it won't work, why you shouldn't do it, why it wouldn't work out. When I went to America, right. I was hanging around, you know, I was coaching actually entrepreneurs who were in their late 20s, 30s, some of them in their 40s involved in the club. And I remember I'd say like, oh, it'd be, you could probably have rugby camps around here. And like you get high school kids in and I've seen them done in Ireland. And I just had a thought out loud, we'll say over a beer after training. And then these people, yeah. go, that's a great idea. Let's do that. You run it. You've the idea. You're the expert, whatever. And I was 23. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then we went and did it. But these people yes. are just like, yeah, but I wouldn't, I didn't, I wasn't trying to pursue it. I was just talking out loud and, and they were just saying like, go do it. You know, like, yes, you're good at that. You'd be. And then run the pizza stand and just the they encourage you to have a go 
and that's something you know yes. the american mindset is really just have a go and it doesn't matter if you fail failure is even i'm not going to say celebrated maybe celebrated but um they all talk you often hear it, they talk about their failures so much and it's it's mm-hmm. really the mindset of have a go so yes. that definitely that experience definitely is what started shifting my mindset towards have a go take risk if you fail it's okay don't worry about it don't care about what other people think and those are things that i think are very important for when you are going out on your own and and starting a project um and all of these are basically the mindset and everything that you're promoting through rugby at this point in time and i've really just got to give it to you that yeah you're you're impacting more than just a sport here with it and that's been the beauty about rugby is there's so many transferable skills mentality and lessons that we learn and when you take this back it can be applied to obviously entrepreneurship or business and and other things and uh, you're a walking example of that so there's way more information that you can provide to people where would they go to find this out and to to reach out to you thank you yeah um so people can find me through my website uh, which is offfieldrugby.com my Instagram is another place I'm pretty active, which is at offfieldrugby. And mm-hmm. then you can send me an email as well, which is offfieldrugby at gmail.com. And my new book, the book on how you become a pro rugby player is available on Amazon. It's amazon.com.ca, wherever you are, you yes. get that. And then another one is uh, the offfield rugby pod. If you want to listen in to me chatting to top level rugby players coaches about their journey how they do what they do and trying to get some knowledge from them uh, those are just a few different ways and yeah if you have any questions about anything we've chatted about or thoughts or please do get in touch um yeah as i said the website's often the best um offfieldrugby.com nice i like it definitely check brian out and Stay tuned for the next episode of The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. Take care. Have a great day. Bye. Cheers, David.